Okay, everybody. Football season officially completely underway. NFL week one started yesterday. This is a Chiefs exclusive podcast. Our 24 hour after the game reaction. We're really going to be brutally honest here. Got somebody I want to introduce to the podcast. First time on the podcast, my good friend and buddy and gigantic Chiefs fan, Johnny Rowe. Um, I know about three people who are on our level of fandom. Really excited to have him on. Johnny, how are you, buddy? Chandler, this is awesome, man. I, I'm so excited to be on the podcast. And yeah, you're right. There's a certain level of fandom. Um, I think it's associated with just being like deranged and crazy. But yeah, like, you know, I love my family and stuff. But like right behind my love of family is my love of the Chiefs. And yeah. um, I know you're up there with me, man. So like, I, you know, we, we our entire week, um, our mood for the entire week is based off of if the Chiefs win or lose. And thankfully they won this last week, man, because I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, the listeners probably won't see this, but we got smiles on our faces. We got, uh, we got good energy, high morale. I had a great Monday at work, had a good workout afterwards. I'm on absolute cloud nine. But if that first half yesterday went on, like the set, like went on for the whole game, we would not have this morale. Would have been a shitty day. I want to jump right into it. We're going to, I, I wrote notes down during the whole game. So I kind of have about a quarter by quarter uh, list here. Um, and let's just go through it together. Um, we'll start with the first quarter. It, the first quarter was interesting to say the least, Johnny. Um, the Browns got the ball first and had a 13 play, 75 yard drive. Took seven minutes and seven seconds. I got to be honest with you. I want to get your quick reaction. What was your first quarter like? Just your immediate reaction to that drive. I mean, because like there isn't that much more in the first quarter. Like that's half a quarter right there. So what was your thought process when we were down? What eventually was 8-0, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, so the, the, the Browns had the ball. You know, the Chiefs got the ball back with seven minutes and 46 seconds to go in the first quarter. So the Browns had nearly an eight-minute drive to start the game and my initial reaction was shit like they're going to be able to get this all day long yeah because with frank clark being out of the game and tyron matthew being out of the game now i'm not saying like the browns were going to rush for like you know 30 yards in the game if those guys are in but they would have helped a little bit mm -hmm. and um certainly having willie gay in there would have helped that too mm -hmm. uh, but you know my initial reaction chandler was like they are going to be able to get theirs all day long that offensive line for the Browns are maulers and they get whatever they want. They knock you off um, your spot and move you where they want. And I was, you know, I was worried at first, but like I wasn't hitting the panic button because you know, who's playing quarterback for the chiefs. Like we have not seen anyone be able to slow the game down, run and limit the possessions and beat the chiefs. Like that yeah. is not the winning, the, the recipe to beating the chiefs. So yes, it was concerning at first, um, but ultimately, it didn't matter. Yeah, and uh, one more thing to touch on. I wrote down that <laughs> my only note from that drive was defense equals soft. I mean, they looked yeah. soft on that drive. Now, I understand. I think the Browns' offensive line is, if it's not the best in the NFL, it's number two because there cannot be that many more better than them. But, I mean, you got to nut up at some point as a defense. I mean, you're a, you're a nasty bunch. you got to figure it out. And um, hit – 
Chris Jones, I don't know why this infuriated me so much, but them being up 8-0 just kind of really pissed me off. It was like, we're going to have to do something super risky later on in the game to get back. All because why, Chris Jones, dude, you're so good at football. Why are you even trying to go for the field goal block? Like, let someone else make a name. You can make a name in so many different facets. Just sit there and take a second. Like, you can fire off and make it look like you're – why are you even jumping? That I knew Stefanski. You could just tell in his play calling that he was going to come right back after that and go for two. It was ridiculous. The, the first quarter was bad, but then we moved to the offensive side. It was clear that they wanted to establish the Travis-Patrick connection early to me. I mean, it seemed like an obviously duh, but like I figured I honestly thought we were going to try to come out and run the ball more, which we'll get to that. But I don't think we ran it enough early. I think we tried to come out and wow, which I understand. But when you're playing a team like the Browns that loves to control the ball and you're not going to get it back, you almost kind of have to do it back to them, which, again, we'll get to. But first quarter, Chiefs looked pretty good on offense. I mean – one thing I wrote down, I want to. I wonder what you thought. Um, I don't understand why we didn't go on our first drive. Uh, we talked about that actually right after that. I think we FaceTimed each other. I, if they're going to act, if they're going to go for it, I do not understand why we don't go. Even if you don't go, what, like, really? I, I mean, we won by four, so I guess the field goal played some sort of part in it, but it's like, they weren't stopping us on that drive either. I don't think they were going to stop us there. Let's get back. Let's settle the game down a little bit. And I, I'm curious to see what would happen to Cleveland if we came down and answered 8-8. Eight, eight. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, you just a little – what do you think about that? Yeah, so I'm with you there. Having slept on it, it might have just been the smart long game move from Andy Reid, but let's mm-hmm. set the scene. So it's third and 11 at the at the uh, Cleveland 19. Mahomes does a pass on the run to Demarcus Robinson, who does that BS thing that he does when he runs side to side, when I think he really had a chance to get to the chains if he mm-hmm. ran north and south right away. You could even see looking back that Mahomes was signaling to him after the play was over, like run forward, stop running side to side, which he always does. But that's just what Demarcus Robinson is. So anyways, that, that, that makes it fourth and two at the Cleveland 10, right? So it's a chip shot field goal. You get points on the board. Maybe that what Andy Reid saw is that the Browns got exactly what they want, anything that they want on their first drive. So we have got to put some points on the board now as opposed to failing on fourth down and uh, still being down 8 nothing, giving them the ball back with the chance to go up 15, if not 16 nothing. So that's the, the, the pro Andy Reid side. Now, the football fan and me, the Chiefs fan, thought it was bullshit because Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Like, no one can stop Patrick Mahomes. And you're telling me you don't have a play to get two yards? I mean, for the love of God, we'll get to it later. But the Chiefs ran a a sneak play with their their backup tight end. Like, these guys have a lot of different plays that are burning holes in their pocket to call. And I know they would have had a good call right there. And, like, worst-case scenario, you know, if you you drop a cute play – and uh, let's say you had like a false start or something like that. Then, then you kick the field goal. I think they should have gone for it, but ultimately it, it didn't matter. Yeah, I do. Lo- I really, really like your point about just take the points when you can get it. It was early. I like also what you said about how it's just the Chiefs fan in you. I think we're spoiled now. I mean, if Alex Smith's our quarterback, I might like, just take the points and get out. 
you know? Right. No. Yeah. I agree hundred percent, man. And uh, it's just a different area, a different realm of football. And it's so fun. I mean, we've, we've had this guy since as the starter since 2018 mm-hmm. and I'm still like not used to it. You know, uh, I'm still not used to how easy it is for this team to score. I'm still not used to the unbelievable poise that Patrick Mahomes can show at such a young age. I believe he's 25, maybe 26 years old. I mean, the guy has the poise of a guy who's been in the league playing quarterback the highest level for a decade plus. It's just remarkable what the Chiefs can do. And um, when you have weapons like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey at your disposal, it's unstoppable. Yeah. Okay. So first quarter wasn't great. Went to the, went to the end of the quarter down eight, three. Uh, we go to the second quarter. Um, it got a little better. Uh, we know the Browns go on a six place, 75 yard drive, which only took three twenty three off the clock. I got even more concerned there. Cause it was like, Oh, they don't have to just pound it. They can freaking get down the field quickly. But, um, It just seemed like the Chiefs were kind of out of sync on offense in the second quarter. Like one thing I wrote down, I absolutely love, I love getting Tyreek in space, but like I think the reverses to Tyreek are kind of over. I think that at least the Browns, I thought had a great plan. It seemed like they weren't fooled at all by reverses. Like I, I think we've done it so much and in so many different ways that like there's only so many different ways to run a reverse. Like if they see Tyreek running behind, I think teams are kind of just taking the stance of why don't we just sit on it and take our chances with them running away from the reverse without Tyreek having the ball. Just an observation I saw. I think that maybe maybe I'm overthinking it, but it just, you know, let's get Tyreek on a route. It's way tougher to stop. But anyway, um, I thought that the Browns were just more aggressive in their play calling. Like, the, like why, why so many trick plays by the Chiefs? You got anything for me on that? No, like it's like just, I said earlier, Chandler, like the, the, the Chiefs, Andy Reid has, has, has had this in the past where he can get a little cute, right? He can get a little cute with the play calling. And I yeah. think it's just because they get so excited drawing these up that, like, like I said, they're burning a hole in his pocket. Like he wants to call these plays mm-hmm. so much so that maybe a lot of the time it's, it's, it's not the right play call. So, yes, the, if you recall back to um, 2018, Week one, Mahomes' first start of that year. So his first start, right, was – uh, what was that? 2018 – or t- the one against the Broncos, right, was week 17. So his first start of yeah. the next season without Alex Smith was mm-hmm. um, against the Chargers. The Chiefs had two touchdowns that game on those little touch passes on the reverses. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> like, no one knew how to cover those. And the Chiefs have been running those since 2018. So I think, actually, you're on to something there. Um if they're going to run the touch passes or the reverses, maybe you got to run them a little more sparingly um, than you do before, or at a wrinkle where it's just eyewash, it's just window dressing, and you and you actually do throw it to somebody else or hand it off to the back or or, or what have you. So yeah, I think that it was a little bit cute. Um, as far as the defense was concerned, they were still getting run over in the second quarter. I remember the very first play it was at the end of the first quarter, but it was the it was the second drive for the Browns. Mm-hmm. This Schwartz guy who's like. Who is this Schwartz guy for the Browns? I believe he went to Auburn or something like that. This guy is really fast and really good. He gets a 44-yard completion on the very first play, burning Juan Thornhill. And I was like, man, these guys are going to get their play action started. This Chiefs defense was in trouble. Yeah, so I actually did some research. Our buddy Cole Albright has been huge on Anthony Schwartz. 
Um, and I remember watching him at Auburn. Kid's just a burner. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me, I'm glad you brought that up because our defensive backs looked slow. Mm-hmm. I have been harsh on Tyron at times, and this I think is actually a, like a legit point. I think in the first half, yes, I think it would have been good to have him out there, but the Anthony Schwartz was going to burn by Tyron too. It's not like he, it's not like Juan Thornhill isn't fast either. Like he's probably faster than Tyron. I just think, I don't know why they went away from him in the second half, quite frankly, because he was killing us. Legereus Sneed is super fast too. Like he's one of the fastest guys on the team and like one of the only D-backs that I've ever seen that can actually keep up with Tyree Kill in space. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, and yeah, you need to eat the cat poop a little bit on Tyron Matthew here, Chandler. I know you, you've got this like win-win scenario set up to where like if you <laughs> trash talk him and he does well, who the hell cares? Cause the chiefs are doing well. And if he does bad, you're the guy who's trash talking him. So it's a win-win for you. Uh, the chiefs defense would have done a little bit better um, in the first half. If Tyron Matthew was playing and where I think it really would have been impactful was that play action passing game. I mean, they were getting chunk passing um, gains, whether it was Schwartz or Hooper or Jarvis Landry running outs or slants, um, the game plan would have been a little bit different. Tyron would have had them better lined up um, there. So I think, yeah, you got to eat the cat poop a little bit there. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm willing to eat the cat shit. And I have, <laughs> I have no issue doing that. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've set myself up well. But uh, I wrote – I also wrote down this. I really – it's crazy because like the biggest plays of the game came from Chris Jones sacks. Like one I wrote down was the two minute drill. The Browns get the ball back after going six plays, 81 yards for three thirty-five. I mean, the defense was just non-existent. Um, he gets a pass rush there and big time sack. I think the Browns were like third and 16 or something like kind of on fringe goal, uh, field goal range. And then Chris sack, Chris Jones gets that sack back, I think even behind uh, the 50 into our own territory. So they're close to it. But besides that play and then the play in the second half, that Baker was under no pressure. I mean, I know that we have, that we're going up against a good defensive line or offensive line and no Frank Clark wasn't out there, but. I thought that coming into the year, our defensive line was going to be pretty nasty. And there were some, there were some glaring things there and championship teams have good defensive lines as we've seen with Tampa, um, obviously last year. Um, and if we want to be that, they need to improve drastically. I think. I, I agree. Um, the one thing I will give the chiefs the benefit of that a little bit, that that pass rush, I think will be more effective when they're not facing the, like an offensive line. That's that badass. I mean, across the board, um, that's exactly what you want from an offensive line as far as interior and bookends. Yes, Jedrick Wills did go out, but whoever the guy that replaced him, I think he did a pretty damn good job, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a serviceable backup and a nice swing tackle for them. So that offensive line is going to be better than we see most of the time. But, uh, yeah, Chris Jones is an unbl- unblockable force. He had two sacks on the day, and uh, it did take them at a field goal range. There was, so it was third and 10 at the 36. So okay. it would have been a long field goal, right, 53 yards. But uh, then I remember the Browns got a holding penalty and then the sack, which pushed him out. But here's what I wanted to ask you, Chandler. The Chiefs at the time had one timeout. And so that would have been fourth and 31 um, at the Cleveland 43-yard line, I believe, or 46-yard line, whatever it was. Anyways, they're at a field goal range. Why did the Chiefs not take a timeout right there and then try to get themselves into field goal range? Why did they just let it go to the half and let let the Browns then – 
it went to the Browns, and then Stefanski called a timeout, and they ran that trick play where they almost scored a touchdown at the end of the first half. It was crazy. I don't know. I couldn't believe that Andy Reid didn't call a timeout there. Yeah, I've got two things on that. And one, I'm going to start with the trick play, or not the trick play, but like the last play of the half. I thought he was, I thought they were scoring. It looked on yeah. TV like they were walking into the end zone. I was like, this game's over. If they're going to get that, there is no way we're coming back. But um, I think really what it comes down to is kind of like, it's kind of like take the points scenario we talked about earlier. Um, in my mind, I see not calling a timeout there as let's just get to the locker room down two scores. Like, let's just make sure that we're all on the same page. Let's come back, regroup, completely new half, completely new mindset. We're going to just completely forget about the first half. And I just don't think that we needed to do anything like uh, that that drastic because like okay we call a timeout they're gonna punt it more than likely they're gonna pin us within our own 20 so it's kind of unlikely that we're gonna go down and score I know our offense but in that scenario like you're not you don't really have the same urgency as you do when you really have to score so I just think at the end of the day I think it was Andy getting the team let's just reset the team we know the speed now like we're we know what we need to do and it's clear because when we, as we move to the second half, like they come out with just a completely new mindset. It's a completely different team in the second half. Even the, the defense struggled, yes, but completely different. Am I wrong? Not at all, Chandler. No, not at all. And now that you laid it out, but that will wrap up the first half with my thoughts here. Um, it, the Chiefs go into the half down 12. The field goal would have made it, even if they go down in 40 seconds and get a field goal, you're still down nine. It's still a two-score game, so yeah, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so coming into the second half. Hold on. I got I, one thing to say. Yeah, yeah. One thing yeah. in the first half, say something nice about Tommy Townsend. I've been known to trash him ever since the <laughs> Super Bowl debacle. Yeah. Good Lord. He pinned him on the one uh, with his only punt in the first half. So, hey, say something nice about Tommy Townsend. That's an explosive play and a play that could be valuable later on, which, by the way, we almost scored. But damn long snapper, my favorite player, James Winchester, he did touch the ball. And that is the rule. But wow, <laughs> talking special teams for a moment. I understand that's the rule. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's that's the right call. That is a ballsy play, Donovan Peoples-Jones. I don't care that you're going to get the call. Like, why are you even attempting that? What would have been the gain for them? Like he he's not is he allowed to advance the ball after we touch it? So the rule on punt is if the ball is touched by a uh uh by a, like the punt team, mm -hmm. then the ball is dead. Mm -hmm. But the offense has the opportunity to advance it without any penalty to them. Like if they were to fumble it or muff it or whatever, it's immediately their ball. Um, and so the ball's at the one inch yard line. So like what, and there's, there's six chiefs around the guy. Yeah. And so it's just like, what, it's just such, it's just not a smart play. Like you're going to get the call. Yes. I'm sure in the film room today in Cleveland, he's like, Oh coach, I knew he didn't know. No one yeah. knows that rule. Like you have to be totally locked in or be a referee. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so say something nice about Tommy Townsend. Hey, this is a new year. He's got veteran. Uh, he's got veterans around him in the special team specialist room. 
So I think he might have settled in now. Let's go, Tommy. Rooting for you now, buddy. Come on. Don't make me eat my words, Tommy. Moving to the second half. Second half, like we talked, Johnny, um, we come out, we're down 22-10. Our first offensive drive, so obvious that they talked about running the ball in the locker room. Um, They established the run so early. Uh, I absolutely loved the second half Clyde. That the second half Clyde is a Clyde that we can most certainly win a Super Bowl with. Um, and we come out, time of possession, uh, just controlled. I, I don't. I actually did not write down the time of possession on that drive out of the locker There's room. 14 plays, Chandler. A 14-play drive when you just got punched in the mouth in the first half. You come out, it's obvious there were second-half adjustments. You're right. Uh, running the ball, getting the ball to Clyde on, in the passing game in space, mm-hmm. um, just moving the chains. And it just shows you. I mean, it just shows how dynamic dynamic this offense is. Like, in the second half, they had a 14-play touchdown drive, and then they had a one-play touchdown drive for 75 yards. So it's like, this team can do it all. And it just showed you, like, this is what a veteran team does. They go into the locker room. They're never too high. They're never too low. They reassess. They get the ball coming out, and boom, we're right back into the game after the first drive. Yep, and one thing I wanted to, uh, I think, is incredibly understated is how good of a runner Patrick is. Oh, yeah. He's, first off, his pocket awareness is next to none, if not the best in the NFL. I mean, he, like, I think he makes his, I think the offensive line for their first game out was a good defensive line, played really well. I think he got sacked once. But I think a lot of it has to do with his awareness and his ability to step up in the pocket. He dropped too deep on that Miles Garrett sack. Yep. That one was honestly, I thought it was completely on him. Um, and that was probably just scouting by the Browns. But other than that, his ability to step up and either A, step up and just make the throw in the pocket or step up and escape left or right and throw is the best ever, honestly, and of that skill. Like he, He's better than every quarterback ever I've ever seen. And that's not even being biased. I, I genuinely think that. That's um, not being biased, Chandler. That's, that is how it is. People who, are, people who deny his talent level are just willfully ignorant. They are, they, are bl- they are turning a blind eye to what he is doing, and they have a personal vendetta against the guy that they're not willing to admit. Patrick Mahomes is the most talented player to ever play the position of quarterback, and it, it would be naive to say otherwise. I completely agree. One negative blemish from that first drive in the second half that I wrote down, which thank God it didn't come back to bite us. That timeout was so, it pissed me off so much going into the end. Like we were going in, we took a timeout at 733 uh, in the, in the third quarter, which by the way, my Lord, what a drive. We're at 733 and we're calling timeout. Browns don't have the ball yet, but um it's just that was like as much as I as much as I love Andy, his knock, everyone knows it has been his timeout usage. And that was just that was just a week one blunder because you just can't take that timeout there. I mean, you know when you know you're gonna be in a dog fight for the second half, you need three timeouts, and that's just a bad time to take one. But we came right out of that timeout and didn't waste any time and scored a touchdown immediately and threw it to our guy, Travis Kelsey who, wow, talk about him for a second, Johnny, because talk about talent. Yeah, man, he's amazing. His ability to recognize and diagnose what the defense is in post-snap 
is awesome. Um, Mahomes talked about it in his post-game presser. The go-ahead touchdown, Travis was supposed to do an in-breaking route, but realized that the defender was playing a zone right in the middle of the field. So he literally just ran ahead. If you look at the play, uh, he gets in the way of the McColl Hardman post that he runs. So, but it doesn't matter because Travis just knows where the defense is going to be, and him and Mahomes have this unspoken um, communication, which is amazing. Travis Kelsey's line was six catches on seven targets for 76 yards and two touchdowns. And every single Travis Kelsey catch is so clutch. Like he knows exactly where to go, and Mahomes knows exactly where he was. He is going to be. He is an absolutely remarkable player who's going to be contributing for the Chiefs for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think he's already a first ballot Hall of Fame tight end. I mean, he 100%. is ridiculous. And his route running is some of the best. I mean, it's it's as good as receivers route running. I mean, it's That's not even so it's just, um so we'll move on. I'm going to fast forward a little bit in the third quarter. Uh we I want to talk huge play by Juan Thornhill. I mean, it changed the game completely, even though the Browns do go back and score after we got that fumble. But still, I mean, it was it was gigantic. You could tell the wind was taking out of their sails for sure. Um, yeah, I wrote, I wrote down here at the end of the third quarter, points are points when we get that field goal. I mean, you, you, like kind of the first you, half. And- you really wanted seven at that point in the game after the after the fumble, right? Chubb mm-hmm. does not fumble the football. You really no. wanted to get seven there. Um had you have gotten seven, I believe that would have put the Chiefs up. Yes. It was 22 to 17, right? So it would have been 24, 22. So that would have put you up. So, yeah, you, you get the field goal. It's nice to get the points, but but you're still down, and it really made for a good fourth quarter. Right, it did. And um, I the start, the start of the fourth quarter, the Browns come out. I think they had a third and two, a big third and two. And uh, I wrote down Traverius Ward just did not have a very good game. Um, I really like Legereus Sneed. Uh, I think that he is his, like, I think he's our number two corner for sure. I think Charvarius is, like, the guy you look at. And, like, we need him to be the number one. He did not have a very good start to the year. No, I agree. Um, Charvarius Ward, if you think back, he was acquired um, in a trade from the Dallas Cowboys and uh, for, like, uh, an offensive lineman, Parker Ehringer. And uh, so I think what for what you gave up and what you've gotten over the last few years for a guy like Charvarius Ward – He's been fine, but he, yeah, he, he, he's not the number one that Legereus Sneed is. Legereus Sneed is an unbelievable player. He had seven solo tackles in the game. Like, Legereus Sneed is your number one true corner, and Charverius Ward was kind of getting eaten up today by Jarvis Landry. So um, I, I, I think he's fine for the rest of the year, but yeah. if there is one place I'm kind of concerned about Chiefs as far as talent is concerned overall and, and depth, it would be that cornerback position. I completely agree, um, and... I can't believe we say this, but really in the fourth quarter, the defense kind of just took over. They they kind of took it to another level. And yes, everything's going to be highlighted by the offensive plays. But really, when you think about it, like the defense nutted up and got big plays and stopped and we needed them most. I mean, I mean, the offense doesn't have the ball if that doesn't happen. So Chris Jones is an animal. We talked about him earlier, and he had the biggest sack of the day, obviously, uh, there backed up a little bit. And he looks unbelievable coming off the edge. It looks so good. He looks so big. How can a human be as big as him and move? You know, like Aaron Donald is better than Chris Jones because Aaron Donald's the best player 
at least defensively, if not the best player in the NFL. But he's a defensive tackle. He's shorter. You know, he's powerful. Chris is powerful, yet he has this finesse to him. I mean, if you can just run around a defensive or an offensive tackle like he did on that sack, I'm not even sure that he had a pass rush move. I think he just ran around him. If you can just run around an offensive lineman in the NFL like that, you're a freak. And uh, thank God we have him because he makes a big difference when we need him most. It's amazing watching somebody who's six foot six, 290, 300 pounds, whatever he is, move with that fluidity on the edge too. And a guy who hasn't played on the edge very much in his entire career. So it's amazing how he can kick out there and do that and line up inside and be an absolute beast. He is a mm-hmm. game wrecker. And that's the reason that you gave him the big contract. I wanted to highlight. Yeah. The, so the defense did step up. The Browns got that touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter, but the Browns next three possessions in the fourth quarter went like this four plays, nine minus 10 yards. Then they had the punt where they turned it over on downs on the dropped punt. Then the Browns got the ball back in the fourth quarter, three plays, three yards, a three and out another punt. And then of course the last drive of the game, uh, for the Browns, where they had five plays, 21 yards, and he threw a pick. So it's like, it's remarkable how, and I think this is a, it's a testament to the Chiefs, but it's also indicative that I think the Browns are still one year away from where they can be at their true potential. I think the Browns are really good. And uh, it just shows that the Chiefs have been here more than the Browns. The yeah. Chiefs know how long the game is. The Chiefs know that the fourth quarter is like really, it, 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 how often in, in the NFL does it come down to the fourth quarter? In all sports, in the NBA, the fourth quarter is so big. You know, like, in, the, in baseball, the seventh inning on is so big. So it's like the Chiefs know that they've been there before. They know how the game works, and they, they believe in themselves that they can get it done, and, and the defense can come up with a play whenever they need it most, and they really did. The fourth quarter was awesome from the defense, and, of course, they didn't have Matthew or Clark. So yeah. good things. I completely agree. That's a really good point. Um, and I want to talk about that, that punt real quick. First off, from a Browns perspective, dude, what – what are you doing? You just drop the snap. Just pick it up and kick it. It's better no matter where they gave us the ball, like we're no matter where that punt goes, it's better than running straight right. <laughs> he runs literally east and west. I guess in that case, he would have been running east because he was running to the right of the like of the where the ball was snapped. And it just didn't make any sense. Even he even could have done that and rolled out and still kicked it. I mean, our the guys didn't really get to him. Um, he had plenty of time. I do not understand what he was doing, honestly. If he's not cut, he's on the hot seat. He better start booming balls. And I'll tell you this, that was a perfect snap from a non-biased perspective. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, that's exactly where a punter wants it. He wants it on that – on that uh, whatever foot dominant he is, he wants it on that hip. So, from my perspective, it was just 110% on the punter. Bonehead move. Chandler, it's a testament to what these players aren't used to. Last year, there were no crowds. That crowd was ridiculous. And so maybe, the, you know, he's like, damn, it's kind of loud in here. And he wasn't focused on the catch and, and he dropped it. You know, it's the, these guys practice this all the time. Something had to be a factor. Maybe he looked up, you know, he wasn't exactly yeah. focused. And the Chiefs didn't bring the house. You know, they had Sorensen as kind of a spy back. And then Sorensen went and, and, and pressured. So, yeah, maybe this this punter was watching too much Tyreek because he took off right away and uh, yeah, he was shit out of luck. One more quick note on that. Um, it was the Browns' first punt of the day. Yeah. So he probably wasn't that ready, but it doesn't matter, buddy. 
you got to be ready at all times. It's the NFL. Um, okay, so to wrap up quick, just want to say Chiefs, the first half Chiefs, you're not winning more than, than eight or nine games. Second half Chiefs, those Chiefs can go to the Super Bowl. The defense can only play better. I, I, I know the offense can play better, but wow, will it be difficult because that was spectacular. Um, they completely changed the game. So all in all, for week one, for every team has question marks coming in, I think it was a great, first off, a real, we've been here before, so we know what to do game, like you said. Um, I think you build a lot of momentum on that kind of game right there. So um, I think I think that's only up from here for the Chiefs. Um, you got any final thoughts on the game? Yeah, uh, it continues a trend that we've seen that other teams can give the Chiefs, you know, their best shot their best punch, it only lasts for a half. Yeah. And you really, if, if the Chiefs are fully healthy, you're not going to keep them down offensively, and you're not going to, and defensively, they're not going to get run over for more than a half. So the Chiefs are clearly the class of the AFC and uh, on their way back to bigger and better things than the Cleveland Browns. I think, the, I think they're going to be good, um, but ultimately, like, if the Browns can't win that game against the Chiefs, and we saw the Browns didn't win the divisional round last year when they had Chad Henney. Like, if, if, if Mahomes is hurt and they can't beat the Chiefs, like, what game are the Browns going to beat the Chiefs? They're, they're, they're just not. The Browns yeah. are not going to beat the Chiefs. I'll eat my words. I have nothing to do with the team. But, like, from what we've seen, uh, the Browns aren't going to beat the Chiefs. So, only exciting things. Tyron Matthews is going to be back at practice this week. They said Frank Clark was right on the cusp of being able to play. Hopefully get him back. And we're on to Baltimore. Sunday night football, we're going to get to watch Chris Collinsworth do his creepy old man slide in. And, uh, you know, the Ravens play tonight. They're, they're going to be on a, a short week. And uh, injuries have decimated their backfield, which is their number one offensive component, is rushing the ball. So, so we'll see. 1-0 uh, and for the Chiefs, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I like that Baltimore point. My, my, uh, I was going to have two questions, but you pretty much answered my, what do you think about Baltimore? And I – Honestly, kind of a stupid, stupid move by me, but I didn't realize they haven't played yet. I forgot <laughs> that they played tonight against the Raiders, which that's kind of like cheering for Afghanistan or Iraq. It's like, <laughs> which one do I really want to win? Uh, I'll probably pick Iraq, which is the Ravens in this scenario, but we do play them. You know what? Honestly, let the Ravens win so that way they have confidence and then, you know, it gets shattered next Sunday. Before I let you go, Johnny, I want you to give me a quick 30 seconds, 45 seconds on what you thought about the offensive line, the newest position on the Chiefs. Um, my, my 30 to 45 seconds was, I think for a first time they were out there, they played great. First quarter was obviously they were getting used to each other. I think from the second on, Mahomes had basically all day. And then the second half, I, I, I had no issue. I knew they were going to be able to run the ball. Like they're a good offensive line. They're, they could be some road graders too. It was clear. It was evident. They punished the Browns. Um, your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, the interior offensive line is amazing. Joe Tooney got called for a holding call. That was the most bullshit holding call I've seen. He literally just stood the guy up. Creed mm -hmm. Humphrey had 41 pass-blocking snaps, zero pressures, zero sacks allowed. Trey Smith on the Mahomes run absolutely leveled, pancaked somebody on his way right across the goal line. Lucas Niang, my biggest question mark on the line. I thought he was fine. He had a penalty and gave up a sack, but come on. Like, let's give this guy a little bit of run. And yeah. then I thought Orlando Brown did a pretty good job um, against Miles Garrett, who is like, what, he has to be the best pass rusher in all of football. The guy's an absolute freak. He got one sack on him. Okay, you know what? I'll move on. We're not going to see many pass rushers like 
Miles Garrett. I'm, I, I was really encouraged from the offensive line. Yeah, I think Orlando Brown is worth everything we gave yep. up and more. Uh, he looked good. I mean, he looked really good. So, okay, buddy. Well, we will uh, – this, folks, this is going to be a recurring episode every, every Monday or Tuesday if we were to play on a Monday night football game or possibly even maybe a Friday because we could have a Thursday game sprinkled in. Um, Johnny, thanks for stopping by, buddy. This has been fun. I'm excited. Uh, we got 16 more of these, 16 more episodes of Johnny Rowe. We'll probably have a couple more after that, but um, 16 more guaranteed. Johnny, thanks, buddy. Of course, Chandler. Anytime. Had a blast. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.